I'm reading from John 13. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. My thought tonight, the title of my thought is, Take the Towel. I grew up in church and some Christians uh, exercise these verses literally. And they've made it their custom to have foot washing services. So we have basins here tonight and water and we're, no, I'm just kidding. But that's what we would do. I grew up with this ritual and typically it was on New Year's Eve. We'd have a service that lasted through midnight and you know, to welcome in the new year and it was a time of humbling yourself and submitting to one another. So we literally washed one another's feet. Now while this may be commendable, uh, if it remains only a ritual, the true meaning of this foot washing by Jesus has really been lost. After Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he put the garment back on and he sat down and he asked them in verse 12, he said, do you know what I've just done for you? Jesus was teaching us a most important and significant lesson. He, he was not instituting an ordinance to be carried out through church ages like communion and we're going to do that tonight or water baptism. It was different than that. I believe Jesus was giving us an example of the kind of physical manifestation that he desires most from us, which is to take up the towel. What do you mean? Jesus taught in John 12 of falling into the ground and dying to bear fruit. He's saying we are to surrender ourselves and give ourselves to serve others. Paul wrote in Galatians 5, he said, by love, serve one another. By love, serve one another. Ephesians 5.21, Paul also wrote to us, church people, submit yourselves to one another. Serve one another. Submit to one another. Now maybe if we understand what Jesus did in washing his disciples' feet, we will better understand the true min meaning of serving and submission. Serving and submitting to one another mean more than taking orders from somebody or being accountable to another person. It means to take the towel. There's a spiritual connotation here. 
something deeper than the physical act, but the physical act might not be literally washing feet, but it might be a literal act of serving or submitting to another person. Let me explain it this way. The disciples were 12 men who were loved by Jesus, right? And it seems that they were fully committed to him. Yet, simply walking through the streets of Capernaum and Jerusalem, simply walking through their daily life, they got dirt on their feet. Jesus was saying to his followers in that room that night, your hearts and your hands are clean, but your feet are dirty. Your feet have gotten dirty from your daily walk, so you don't need your whole body to be washed, only your feet. The usual custom of that day was to have your feet washed when you came into a house or a building, and there would be a house servant as you entered in the, the place, and, and as you sat down, they would, they would wash your feet. But, but there was no servant available at this particular occasion to wash the disciples' feet since it was a rented room, remember, and it was the disciples' last supper, Jesus knew that, with him. So they got this rented room, there's no house servant, it's, they had to provide that, nobody provided it, they all come in, and here's a little more clearer understanding, give you a better picture of what was happening as they got to this upper room for the last supper with Jesus. While the disciples were on their way to this room, they were selfishly quarreling over who would be the greatest and the most important in Jesus' kingdom and who would sit at the places of honor on his right hand and left hand. They still thought he was going to build an earthly kingdom and overthrow the Roman Empire, and he's telling them it ain't going to be that way. So they come into the room, and they sat down, and they didn't even notice that there was no one to wash their feet. They're still back and forth in the kingdom and who's gonna be great and I'm the man and I got it going on and they eat their meal and Jesus breaks bread and he breaks, you know, the cup, shares the cup and all. And then he waited, Jesus waited and he just waited. I have to imagine here he is knowing what's about to happen to him and they don't see it coming and he's like allowing them to have an opportunity I'm allowing you disciples, somebody, an opportunity to take the towel and serve your brothers here today to wash the other's feet. But not one of them even noticed. They were too preoccupied with their own selfishness to notice that there are people in the room who need to be washed. It's a beautiful thing when people deny their preferences for the greater cause. When volunteers arrive early and park in the farthest spots from the building and stay late, you're serving and you're taking the towel and you're helping somebody. And it was not until Jesus got all the way around the table to Peter, and I don't know the exact order or how many feet he had washed, but at some point he got around to Peter that Peter spoke up and said, you can't wash my feet. And now everybody feels awkward and weird. 
I mean, what are you, what are you doing, Jesus? You're not going to wash my feet, Peter said. And Jesus told him, if you don't let me wash your feet, you'll have no part with me. And Peter said, well, then wash me all over. And he said, no, you bathed. You're okay. No need to wash off the anointing. You see, in those days, they didn't take a shower or a bath like four times a day like we might do. And they didn't run through, you know, they didn't have those conveniences, right? So it was not an everyday. So they, we wear cologne or perfume or whatever they had to. <laughs> if you get my drift. But Jesus is saying, you, you, already, you got anointing on your life, on your body. It's only necessary to wash your feet to make you clean. You see, some people are not really dirty. You just need your feet washed. Your heart is clean. But the path that you found yourself walking on has taken you some places where your feet have gotten dirty and you need a fresh washing and you need someone to bathe you in love and in forgiveness. Someone to show they really care. You see, foot washing in its deepest spiritual meaning has to do with our attitude about the dirt that we see on someone, especially a fellow Christian. In other words, what do you do? What's your attitude when you're faced with information of someone who has fallen into a sin or made a mistake? How do you react and respond to the dirt on another? And how you respond to that news and that information has everything to do with the ministry of Jesus Taking the towel. You know, I hate to say it, but some Christians can be cruel. In fact, believers often are more vicious than others. Jesus knew, Jesus knew how we put on the holier than thou attitude, judging and gossiping and pointing fingers. And so that's why Paul, when he was teaching the church in the New Testament, he said in Galatians, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a fault, those of you who are in the spirit should serve and restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Tempted to do what? Tempted to do the same thing, commit the same sin? No, he said, you need to restore those who have fallen in love and care and gently, lest you be tempted to point a finger and judge and to express your opinions rather than give them the opportunity to get back up and start over. It's easy to be so tempted to say, I knew it. I knew it. I saw that coming. We get so pious, don't we, sometimes? I'm teaching better than you're saying amen tonight. I know y'all are listening. This is heavy. I get it. But it's needed. It's needed in our church today. It's needed in the church globally today. The Greek word in this verse for the word fault means a fall. It's interesting, if you see somebody fall at a parking lot, what do you do? You run over and help them. You're like, if you're nice, you're going to run over like I need to help them. Get but, and so we don't even know the person. They stumble. You, you, I want to go help them. 
We, we saw somebody at a restaurant, my family and I, just a few days ago, and gosh, his eyes were black and blue in his face, and I, I almost didn't recognize him. He's 80 years old. I've known him for a long time, and I said, did you win the boxing match? That's literally what I asked him when I saw him. He's standing in a restaurant. He's like, well, you're here, so you're okay, I guess, but you look horrible. <laughs> and he said, well, me and concrete. I, I met concrete. Boom. People fall, and it's, it's, you'll help them up. But if a Christian falls into sin, If a brother makes a mistake, a fault, because the truth is, may I go off script for a moment? The truth is, we're all guilty of that. Not one of us stand before God perfect and clean. Say, well, I didn't do that, but maybe you thought about it. Jesus said, if you think about it, it's just as bad. You know, that's the thing about the law. The law said if you commit adultery with a woman uh, that's not your, or a husband, you're, man, you're not married to, then, then you know, you break, that's a law, that's a, that's a concrete law of God. Jesus came along and notched it up a little bit and said, if you think about it, it's just as bad. You're like, whoa, whoa. But if a Christian does fall into sin and there's a repented heart, we are to restore them. How do we do this? <laughs> I just got to imagine. I, I can't imagine. I try to think of what Jesus had going through his mind in that room, knowing what he was about to face in the coming hours. And, and he's walking around, <laughs> washing their feet. And they're talking about jewels in their crown and seated at the high places in the table, you know, at the table. And I'm going to rule this part of the kingdom. And Jesus is like, y'all still don't get it. You see, the, the way we restore someone is we take the towel of God's grace and mercy and we go to them and we surrender our human inclinations to judge or to lecture or to find fault and instead we are to commit to being their friend. We ought to commit to being a part of the solution and the healing rather than trying to broadcast the problem. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to die unjustly for our sin, to wash us clean. He said, well, pastor, isn't that overlooking sin? No, this is not overlooking sin. This is not calling evil good. We're talking about clean hearts, but dirty feet. Most people know when they have grieved the Lord. Don't you? And now they live with fear and shame and guilt and rejection. This really, this scripture really came to life for me many years ago. Janet and I have some dear friends and they are pastors. They've retired now, but they, 25 years ago, this took place. These Pastor friends of ours have a, a daughter, a good girl, a godly girl. She had a call on her life. And some years back, she made a bad decision. And in a moment of weakness at college with one time, one time, and she became pregnant. 
She comes home from college and she felt her life was over. She had a clean heart, but dirty feet. She didn't need to be washed all over. She didn't need to be told about serving God and loving God. She believed all of that. She knew all of that. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't, I'm just blaspheming God. No, I'm a child of God. I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. My, but somehow a path, a decision, a situation, and now here I am. Her heart was good, but her feet got dirty. Now, the beauty of it is, <laughs> some 20 plus years later, today, right now, in that city, she and her husband have four children, and he's the one who she had the one night with, was her boyfriend they married. They got this beautiful family. The kids are grown now. They're in their early 20s, and she is now the lead pastor of this thriving church. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come. She had a clean heart. She just needed somebody to wash her feet. People with dirty feet do dumb things. We criticize and we point fingers and we text our friends, did you hear, did you know when all they need is a show of love and grace and mercy from somebody who really cares, we need to take the towel and help wash somebody's feet. The fact is, we all need our feet washed probably often and more often than we would admit. Are you listening tonight? Not just to me. <laughs> Are you listening? Are you being sensitive to a brother's needs? Because he or she might be trying to tell you something that they're struggling with, but they don't know how to talk to you about it because they don't know what to say. They have a good heart, but they found themselves in a jam. They've made a decision or something's happened or they got stuff going on. They're struggling on the inside and they're afraid of judgment rather than reception. They're afraid of rejection rather than somebody that'll say, it's all right, we'll wash the feet. We'll get through this together. I'll help you. Come on, I'll serve you. I'm here to serve one another. I'm here to submit to you. I'm I'm your brother, I'm your sister, I'm here to help you. How do you carry someone when you first gotta get down and submit before you can pick them up? Hurts are everywhere and they impose our, uh, themselves upon us at the most unexpected times, don't they? In God's house, hear me church, God's house of all places and God's family ought to be the place that's safe. A place where people can come and find love and hope and acceptance and forgiveness. A place to begin again. Will you take the towel? Who in your world, world needs a second chance to start over? And furthermore, let me just go ahead and walk this a little bit more. You don't need to know all the details about somebody's dirt. Okay, I'll, thank you, Pastor Nate. You don't need to know all the details about somebody's dirt. <laughs> Jesus didn't ask his disciples how they got dirty feet. He wanted to help the, with the cleansing and to get the dirt off of them. And his love for them and for us is unconditional. And we don't know a lot about that anymore. Jesus washes Peter's feet knowing within hours he's going to deny him. You can't wash another's feet in a judge's robe. And Jesus, 
as he did, as he washed their feet, as he took off his garment, we must take off our outer garment of self-righteousness and wrap ourselves in love and peace and grace. We must have an attitude that says, I don't care what you did, I just wanna wash your feet. There's a verse of scripture that be my last, I think it's my last verse tonight. Listen to this verse. First Corinthians six, it says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are a thief, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive to someone else, or who cheat people. He says none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. But notice what he says now, some of you were once like that. Some of you came from some background like that. Some of you have something in your life that will keep you out of the kingdom of God. But the next part of that verse is the answer to it all. But you were cleansed and you were washed and you were made holy and you were made right with God by calling on the name of Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Such were some of us, but we had our feet washed by the love of Jesus and the blood of the cross. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I don't know how you feel, but I think I do. There's some things in our life that we're glad nobody knows about, only him. And that's what makes it really relevant when you say he put our sins as far as the East is from the West. Like, it just keeps going and going. Why? Because you gotta understand, say God can't forget anything, that's right, but he chooses to forget the sin that we've committed against him. Once we accept his forgiveness and receive his life on the cross as our savior, he chooses to forgive us and he chooses not to remember it ever again. God's never gonna come back to you and say, yeah, but I told, remember, remember when? Yeah, your, your, your wife may do that. She will. Your husband may. <laughs> Hello? But Jesus doesn't remember. He chooses So I ask you tonight, if Jesus was willing to wash our feet, can I be willing to take the towel and start washing people's feet? I have a feeling that the line of judgment would be shorter and the line of care and love and forgiveness and washing people's feet would be out the door because everybody needs their feet washed.
at some point in our life. And it's up to us to take up the towel. I remember washing feet in those days as a boy, and man, there's some ugly feet. I tried to pray in tongues because it just felt better than, I don't know why we did that, but now I know why. If you've never had that experience, maybe you need to wash your spouse's feet as a sign of I love you and I'm, I serve you and I'm, I care for you. I have a relative, family member. Gosh, this story just comes to me, but I'll close with it. She got off track. This has been 20 years ago. She had an affair, his wife. She was broken. There was all kind of stuff going on. When he found out about it, he said, I want to reconcile. We have two children. I want to rebuild our home. And he took this wife that had betrayed his trust and he rented a hotel and he took her to that hotel and he bathed her and he cleansed her and he prayed over her and he allowed the Holy Spirit to begin a process of healing and literally washed all of that past off of her signifying we're starting over. What a beautiful expression of washing and cleansing. And every one of us needs somebody sometime that sees my heart. This is not what my heart wanted to do. I don't want to do this. My heart is really, I love you. My heart is there. But I need somebody to, to wash my feet. And I pray all of us will recognize in a fresh and a new way that the cross and the sacrifice and the death of Jesus was all about making us worthy and cleansing us so we can come into his holiness and his presence. And without the cleansing blood of Jesus, we have no right to be in the presence of God. But tonight, here we are. We're in the presence of the King and the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ. And I think somebody ought to recognize that and say, thank you, Jesus. I don't even know if I want to stand in his presence. I feel like I almost want to just kneel in his presence and say, thank you, Jesus, for washing me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me.
surrender to him. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and wherever you're watching from, I don't know where you're tuning in from tonight. We're so grateful that you're here. But if something I've said has spoken to your heart, if God is speaking to you right now, and I believe he is all across this room and wherever this is being seen or heard, if you don't have a fresh relationship with Jesus, he's your savior. You need a fresh start. Some of you need your feet washed. You need your heart cleansed. I'm here to tell you, you're in the right place. You're in the right place and you're among people. We're not here to point fingers. We're not here to judge. We're not here to say holier than thou. We're here to say except for the cross and except for the blood of Jesus, none of us would be in this room right now. Except for the goodness and the grace of God, none of us are getting what we deserve. If we got what we deserve, we'd all be killed. We'd all be dead. We'd all be judged by the power of God's holiness. But it's because Jesus took our place and he died for us, we can receive his gift of salvation and come into God's presence and be ready for eternity. And if that's you right now, I want to lead you in a prayer of confessing Jesus and believing him to be the son of God. The Bible says, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you can be saved. If that's you right now, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer. I want to make sure I'm ready. If you're watching somewhere, you can let us know. There's people that will pray with you. You can click right there. We'll pray with you right now. If that's you in the room, would you just slip up your hand? I want to make sure I'm ready to go to heaven. We want to lead you in a prayer all across this room. Just lift up that hand and say, Pastor, I want to be ready to go to heaven. Thank you so much. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. People that are making decisions, thank you so much. Thank you for praying with me right now. Church, let's all pray together. You can put those hands down now. Say this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent of my sins. Thank you for dying in my place. Forgive me of my past. I confess you as Lord. I believe you died on the cross and rose again from the grave. And today I invite you to be my Lord and Savior and lead my life and I'll surrender to you and follow you to the best of my ability. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Come on, church. Amen.